You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Good morning. Good day. Good evening. Dobry den. <laughs> you slipped a little Australian good day in there. Yeah, you know, you know. Uh, wherever you are, whatever time it is, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Hope your volume isn't too high because our volume just went up as we're going to take your knowledge of aviation technology to new heights. Ha ha, got the pun in there. <laughs> I just tried winking with the wrong eye and then realized that my brain was operating. Yeah, never mind. Anyway, um, good morning. Happy to be here. Rob, how's your day? It's, you know, it's been a fantastic day. It's just, it's Tuesday and it's nice outside. We got a little rain yesterday, which was a nice respite from the heat that we've been dealing with. Amen. Um, I have nothing to complain about. Well. Super, super thankful. Well, and in this moment, especially for you all, I have thousands of things to complain about, but I choose not to complain <laughs> about any of them. So, yes, it's a that beautiful works too. day. That it's, works. Yeah, too. it's a mindset. It's an attitude of gratitude. Yep. On that note, uh, that leaves us to our show today, which is an interesting question about drone pilots assisting police and woof rabbit hole uh woof like i'm sure any of my public safety friends out there are just like oh man here we go (laughs) (laughs) there are so many layers to this like they say you know peeling back an onion this is like one of those german chocolate balls have you ever been to germany and gone to one of their christmas markets and gotten one of those no, but I have a little story about something similar. Okay. And this was a little Christmas. It was like a little snowman version mm-hmm. from the Ukraine that Daniel and Natalia brought back for us. And they gave it to us, checked it out. It was super cool. We really loved having it. It was from the Ukraine, which is where Natalia's from. And within two days, our dog destroyed it. I was so bummed. Dogs. So anyways, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a little (laughs) Russian doll, I guess, kind of same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it makes me wonder if there's like a metaphor for that. I wonder. Because I think so so many times in the world are we focused on the what that we often lose sight of the why. Mm, Um, Way too much. So I think that that's that's important to always try to seek to understand people's culture. But anyway, uh, as we peel back the onion and go down the rabbit hole with these layers today, Um, I do want to just say uh, thank you to everyone who listens. Uh, For everyone who is in public safety right now, holy shisa, you have a lot of pressure on you right now. And Thank you for what you're doing. Sorry to interrupt you, but I had to say thank you. (laughs) Uh, And anyway, you guys are going through a lot. You guys and girls are going through a lot. This is a time of uh, intense emotion. And it's also a time when intellectual uh, clarity is king right now. And as many of you are often tasked uh, with, with making an interpretation between the law and someone being misunderstood or, uh, or just a misunderstanding in general, just know that many Americans are not thinking on one side of the aisle or the other. If anything, it is getting more and more clear uh, 
how divisive things are and how that hurts people. It's also becoming more clear, as many people don't want to don't want to admit this, oftentimes police are judge and jury because maybe, you know, a camera captured something and it was a weird perspective and it's completely wrong. And the officer is just like, this isn't worth my time or yours. I'm sorry that I thought uh, you were a criminal. Understand with limited information. That's all I knew. And I have to act off of that and mm-hmm. uh, appreciate your grace and your patience. Um As someone who went to college uh, to pursue a career in law enforcement, um, I'm very grateful that I'm not in law enforcement. And when I say that, it's such a hard statement to say, thinking about all the people who are in law enforcement and how difficult it is. And the one thing that I will say to all of you, ladies and gentlemen out there, is that understand that at a time when emotions are rampant and people are thinking illogically, this is the time where we need to, we need the strong to stay strong. We need the strong to lead by example. And we need the people who are supporting you, watching you, interacting with you to speak volumes about the positive things that we do see. We all play a role. It's not just law enforcement or public safety. If you have friends, family in law enforcement, every time you go on social media and you see something negative about law enforcement, I want you to think about the person behind the badge. Because... We often let our egos, our intellects, and the things that we hear, where we give those things precedence over the human factor. We give those things precedence over having uh, conflicting intellectual conversations, saying that, you know, while uh, one group says X and one group says Y, most of us realize that the reality is somewhere in the middle. And I think that also goes to show where a lot of public safety is right now in that you are in the middle between um, an emotional body of people right now. Um, And it's not just an ethnic thing. I mean, like everyone is emotional right now. Battlefield fatigue is very real. Um, And I think a lot of people are frustrated and I think a lot of people are very emotionally weak. And police, public safety, man, you guys have to be the strongest of the strong. And I think of people like John, and I think of uh, uh, people like Mike uh, from FDNY. And I think about just the level of sacrifice and the level of how much they care and how much they will just do anything for someone that they've never met before and who could be just a total asshat clown and yet they will still go save their lives because they understand the human factor Mm. at what point will everyone else realize the human factor and say it's time to stop having these quip arguments what do i mean by a quip argument i mean where you take one sentence out of context and then you create an argument around it rather than asking the hard questions the deep questions. I think everyone is seeing how flawed our system is right now. And I think that that's a good thing, seriously. But that doesn't mean that police and public safety are flawed. It just means that could we build a better system? Yes. But damn it, I really hope that we learn from our mistakes because the issue with politics in America, besides the fact that it's the largest hidden duopoly of all time, um, which means... (laughs) Republican versus Democrat, you know, it's the left wing, the right wing. Guess what, everyone? Same bird, okay? 
When are we going to realize that? Also, when are we going to realize that the people that are getting the most crap right now, the public safety, law enforcement, et cetera, are literally are the people that when everything is going to crap in your life, those are the people that show up, that don't ask questions, that just save you. So when are we going to do the same for them? Okay. I'm off my high horse. I really <laughs> felt like I needed to say that. I'm glad. Yeah, that's so, cool. I did not know we were going down that path, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't have to know everything. I didn't either, Rob. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just yeah, felt well, like we... Nicely said. I've really... I've had a crisis of conscience as far as like our audience. And when I think about like who I want to help, I think about the Steves from LA County. I think about the Mike and the Johns from uh, New York. I think about uh, the Johns from the uh, sheriff's office down in Charleston. I think about the guys uh, who are, oh man, I can't remember. The Kevins remember. from here. The Kevins right? from Albuquerque Police, yes. And I think, well, actually, there's numerous people from APE yeah, that we exactly. have to thank. Mark Aragon, you're the man. Thank you. There's a lot of people. Actually, even the chief we have to thank. Um, that being said, there are so many people that I think about, like, who do I want to help? Like, I know I have value in helping people, but I only want to help people who help themselves. And then when I start thinking about those those people, I started looking around and I'm like, hmm, most of those people are wearing a uniform. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. They need us. Deep thoughts from Paul. We should have started with fireside chats from Paul. <laughs> so, now let's answer this question. Yeah. I mean, like. Let's have uh, we, have we, play, we, haven't we haven't played? We haven't even played the question. question. <laughs> Okay. Jeez. Here we go. Sorry. Thanks for the question. If Josh. we, uh, if we, if you thought that monologue was too much, well, I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. <laughs> Hi, this is Josh from Omaha, and I was curious if you could give any pointers as to how to get the police departments to take you more seriously to assist when they need it, as they do not have a drone team of their own, and I assist the search and rescue couple days ago and I really enjoyed the work, but I don't know how to approach the departments in the local area without looking unprofessional. If you have any pointers, please feel free to let me know. Thank you, Josh. Um, I think there's probably a lot of folks out there that are in that same boat who have a desire to help in in the ways that you're referring to, and, and they probably don't know how to, to handle it either. And you want to make sure that if you're going to do something like this, it's uh, it's actually important to you. It's not just for the coolness factor or whatever other reasons there might be. And I get the sense from your question, obviously it's only 36 seconds worth of sense, um, that you're sincere about this. And so I would love to see what you think about this. I mean, um, there's a lot of different ways to talk about this. And certainly one of the ways is just to start, who do you know? Well, right? well, first of, first off, you know, you think uh, my first thing is, you know, why does this guy want to help the, the police so much? Yeah. Um, and then I was sitting here thinking to myself, like, why did I want to help the, pol like early in my career, I did a lot of filming for APD a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm just like, why did I, why did I want to help those people? I think it's because I wanted to help Mark because I really liked Mark and Mark was like trying to help me and I was like, I want to help Mark. Yeah. And Mark was APD. Um, I can't, huh? Anyway, as I was trying to dig deep in understanding inspiration and motivation, I was trying to come to a clear, concise answer as to why this person is so adamant about wanting to work with the police. 
Which we and don't know. I mean, we would only be speculating. I agreed. And my negative mind uh, only went into uh, negative reasons as far as which why is, he wants to work with the police. So. Which is why I said I hear some sincerity yeah. in, in the question. <laughs> um, and so, you know, the type of mission is, is definitely going to probably dictate whether you're even going to be allowed to help them. Um, I think what mm. a lot of people don't understand are the police are waived from a lot of certifications. They're waived from a lot of liability. How do I say this? In what would be traditionally um, standard practice in a given industry. For example, um, a lot of police officers have the rights of surveyors when they conduct a fatal accident investigation. Um, I would only argue that's because of the flawed language of most uh, uh, states, quote unquote, surveying laws, um, meaning some survey laws say that you cannot use a tape measure unless you're a surveyor. Um, seriously. <laughs> uh, seriously. Um, so first off, understand the police have certain rights um, so that they can get their job done without any red tape. As a contractor, I'm not sure you would get all those rights. Uh, if you did, you'd have to be deputized, and then there's like a whole series of stuff that goes with that. Um, and then dependent on the severity of the situation will be dependent on how much uh, room you have to wiggle. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, it's, and it's probably a case-by-case, case, ultimately only know by adjudication question, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Seems like number one in all of this is you better be a really good pilot, right? You better know what you're doing. So I don't want to dismiss I'm, that. I'm going to go 0. 0.5 um, before your number one. So I'm going decimal 0. 0.5. Um, wow. <laughs> 0. 0.5. <laughs> uh, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even before you being a really good pilot, which and I agree with your statement, you're going to have to be a really good pilot right. in order to even offer value to the police. Of course. Um, but I would say actually before that is understanding the job and whether they would even let you help based off of the liability that they take on. Meaning, yes, we hear of people helping with search and rescue investigations all the time. Why? Because most of them are a failure. Most of them, like this, there, there isn't, there's not typically investigations on these lost hikers like there is on a, on a murder, you know what I mean? And the liability that goes into that. So it makes sense to me as to why most people helping the police are, uh, you know, doing search and rescue stuff. But there are other things like, um, you know, clearing a building or mm -hmm. uh, doing some other things that I just don't know if one, they're going to let you help, but two, Something I know for a fact is you're not getting paid. So if this guy is trying to build relate like genuine, authentic relationships with the police, fantastic. I think that's awesome. I will say I also think that most public safety would agree with me in stating that that is a very, 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 very rare occurrence. You mean that somebody has the right motivation? Correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That typically they, they want to be able, they say that they worked with the police, they want to be able to post a picture of themselves flying with the police, right? Like it like looks legit. Remember, when we were doing our Drone U Elite training in Phoenix, and like 15 Phoenix squad cars pulled up, and we're like, oh no, what do we do, you know? Because a neighbor called... Them yeah. on us. Yeah. Even though we were there legally. 
And you know why so many cars came? Because they're like, oh, on, the, on, on the radio, we heard that there were a lot of drones and we hadn't heard a drone swarming and we all got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> they came and checked it out, yeah. And then... And they had a good time flying. They, I let two of the guys fly my Inspire 2 and they loved it. And But then, you remember, uh, uh, TJ took photos of us, which I still have on my computer because TJ made a meme and it's one of my favorite photos and I look at it all the time. But uh, anyway, long story short mm. is Phoenix PD were like, please, we like you guys. Guys, please, 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 please do not post photos of us flying with you. Please. They're like, we, and we haven't. And we haven't. They're like, we like drone you. We know of you guys. We've heard of you. Like, you're cool. Don't post photos of us flying with you. And I never have. Yeah. Um, and I've always wanted to, but I also now understand why. It, 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 it's miscredited credibility. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. So I guess... If we can just kind of funnel into some end. assumptions that his motivations are pure, I believe they are based on the 36 Let's seconds. Let's just give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I mean, I would imagine when you're doing these search and rescue operations, there's probably some law enforcement there. Not mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. But they seem like they might be people to just start talking to, right? They know you're there. They, they see you helping. That might be a good place to start. Talk to those folks. Yeah. And I think if you're wanting to build re like legitimate relationships, then uh, that's kind of the route that I would go. You yeah. know, his I mean, question, you're have to. his question was, how do I build, you know, how do I get in with the police? Uh, why don't you just create regular fly day Fridays like we do? And why don't you just yeah. invite them regularly? And why don't you just try to make friends with them and make it authentic and make it real and make it about understanding who they are, make it about understanding what they represent, make it about understanding what problems they have and trying to understand if maybe you can help be a solution to that. Um, because maybe there is, but I would just say that I, I don't think that this is a pathway that is fruitful for a lot of drone pilots. And for fruitful in what sense? Like what kind of fruit are you trying to get? Well, that's, that's kind of like the point of what I'm saying is that there's no fruit to be gotten. Is that like, if you want to fly with police, it's because you have a genuine, uh, just a genuine empathy for who they are, or they're a family member, or you had a parent who was a cop and you just like them and you want to, you're like, Hey, come out and fly. Cause you, maybe you'll have some fun. Right. Or I, I don't know. I just, I don't with most police forces, building drone departments and hiring from within and the badge only speaks to the badge. I just, I, it's for me, it seems like a waste of time unless you are trying to legitimately implement uh, systems and um, operations and SOPs that would legitimately help most drone departments. Mm -hmm. Now, I would argue that 98% of the people who are out there are not equipped with the right uh, information slash experience slash level of depth and knowledge that is critical and quintessential for someone like public safety who takes on an astronomical amount of liability and where drones add an astronomical amount of liability. You know, essentially at some point, the chief is just going to say, look, I know if I work inside of this box, my liability is X, Y, and Z. And with how much police agencies are being uh, scrutinized right now, a lot of chiefs are just like, I'm sticking in the box. Now, 
many police officers would probably agree with me that that is a problem in itself and that sticking in that box leads to the problem of a lot of these departments paying tens of thousands of, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on equipment and having next to zero training or, or even spending $1,000 on training, expecting to be able to run a consistent program like the you know Toyota Camry um, <laughs> and expect results. And I, I just think that that's a fool's errand for a vast majority of the people out there. And I say that because if you're going to be working and building programs for public safety, one, you should have public safety experience. Two, you should probably have more drone experience than just about everybody you know. And three, the drone experience should be in a myriad of environments, literal environments, not just like, oh, here's a house and here's a barn. No, no, no. I mean, you're at 8,000 feet and now you're at the beach, okay? And now you're dealing with uh, convective currents and uh, uh, temperature deviation, and dew point spreads and density altitude. And if you can't explain how to do the calculation for density altitude, you probably shouldn't be helping a police agency with their drone program. And what I mean by like knowing the density altitude formula, like on the spot, you could, you're, it's memorized, you know it, you know how to figure it out, you know why it matters. And you know why it's a problem. And a, and a department like Omaha probably is going to have a drone program or something that they're starting to build anyways. It's funny that you say that because now I have further questions. But I hope that we came to a conclusion about like, how do you go about building a relationship with a police agency? Number one, it's got to be authentic. Number two, you've got to incentivize them for spending their time with you. So a fly day Friday is a great kind of like safe way of saying hey, I fly drones, you guys are cool, I appreciate what you do, come have fun, let's have a conversation, I wanna get to know you a little bit better, and something, maybe something comes of it, maybe it doesn't, right? But if you go into it having the expectations like, I'm going to make a relationship with you, Rob, and you are going to work with me, right? No one's going to work with you. And no, yeah. and I wouldn't want to work with you. I would tell you to GFY. Like, I'd be like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> well, and, and, and like he said, he's, he's concerned about making sure he comes across as professional. And that's just all about the how, you know? And is it really about professional or is it about authentic? Well, yes. I mean, I think, <laughs> I, I, I think, I like that I, I think it's all kind of merged together. Because <laughs> um, if you're inauthentic and you seem sort of, cheesy salesman-y, then you're not professional. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it all kinds of works together. And I don't know. I mean, I get the sense that if you just kind of go, just be yourself, man, and, and don't overthink it. Yeah. And if it's something that you really want, um, do some of the things that Paul's talking about. Try to, who do you know? Um, talk to people that that maybe work for the department or maybe a family member knows somebody who works for the, the department. You might have to, mm. one thing you're going to have to do is be patient because, you know, something like this, Unless there's an immediate need and they say, hey, we talked to Josh or someone mentioned somebody named Josh, call him because they don't know what else to do unless something like that happens, which is not likely, then it's probably going to take some time to build those relationships. And also, I think that there has to be a genuine understanding, too, as far as the benefit of relationships and networking. Like if you go in there with just the sole purpose of just networking and you're like, if you got like, I just want to fly with you guys just to build a relationship. And if there's that one hairy like scenario where you need Overwatch just super, super bad for whatever reason and you're out going outside of protocols, like I will be the guy that you can trust on. But you can't say that. You have to have the relationship for them to 
know that. And to have the benefit of their credibility and have the benefit of their relationships, not only are you going to better learn how to navigate society as a whole, but you're going to have a dear friend who's legitimate, authentic, and who knows, in two or three years may tell their construction buddy about how authentic and nice you were to work with. And you never know, you may get a job. One story I want to say really quick is I met a realtor once. Um, I worked, actually, I worked for this guy for like years. Hmm. And he told me uh, a story. And this is one of the few stories that, uh, well, I the I'm a story goes a long way too. But this story is a little bit more powerful because it's positive. And, and uh, Craig told me, he said, Paul, if there's one thing that life has taught me that I just fought against endlessly, don't ever burn a bridge. He's like, Here, here's the example. He's like, I used to be a hedge fund manager in the 80s. No one knows my name anymore. He's like, nobody knows who I am, right? And he goes, I had a couple and they moved to Santa Fe. And they're buying a house. And as I'm sitting there with closing, I look at the wife's name. And I realize I knew this lady from Manhattan. I can't remember if he said he like took her on a date or something like he knew this lady, like he knew of her and he, and he's essentially like, yeah. And I was like, oh, Hey, uh, wait a minute. Did you used to live in Manhattan and work at XYZ and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, and she goes, yes. Hmm. And, and he goes, that's when I said, I know you. And the people knew him the whole time. The reason they worked with him was because she knew of him from the eighties. And yet they never said, hey, Craig. Not once. How interesting. I wonder why. And yet, and yet, what's funny is that they bought a house from him. And what's 6%, because he, he represented both. What's 6% of 7 million? A lot. So. It's like, what, seven, uh, so 70,000 times 7. It's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Well, no, 60,000 times 7. Sorry. I'm disappointed in your bean counting. <laughs> I disappoint uh, people every day. Um, but uh, I'm saying that because I rely on you for my math. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. But I say that and uh, it's like, you know, 40 years later, this lady remembered how Craig made her feel and she put close to a quarter of a million dollars in his pocket because of how she felt. Ladies and gentlemen, we are all human. Ladies and gentlemen, don't burn those bridges because one day someone might two decades later be like, crap, I was wrong. And for that, dad, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, uh, my dad and I have a very interesting relationship, so I don't want anyone to judge that. <laughs> uh, but judge anyway. free zone. Yeah, yeah, judge free zone. This is not a gym. It's an intellectual judge-free zone. <laughs> that too. So, um, Anyways. Well, hopefully that's been helpful to Josh. And uh, we always welcome follow-up questions. Astronew.com, Josh, if you uh, want to follow up with that, we'd be happy to. We're here for your next diatribe. <laughs> for, or to or set our, up our next diatribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but Rob, I think you. I think that was a fun one. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's helpful and uh, enjoyable. I, it's just like if we were to wrap this whole thing up, police operate under a specific set of rules. 
most public safety do. There's not really value in a drone operator going to public safety unless you have a pre-existing specialty in doing something and you are a specialist in it. You should always make relationships with people who are uh, the fabric of your society, who play a very big role in the running of your community. So these people are important no matter what. And my point in saying this is like teachers, if we valued police and teachers as we value politicians, this country might be in a totally different place. And I say that because right now is the time to start thinking critically about how our country is set up in the wake of everything changing, because maybe we have an opportunity to change things for the good. And that doesn't mean removing all the police that protect us as we sleep at night, to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> Bombshell. <laughs> We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.